0: Welcome to the Learning Shared podcast. So Learning Shared is a space for anyone with an interest in supporting the needs of vulnerable learners in our society, including those with special educational needs and disabilities. We'll be hearing from and talking with a wide range of colleagues and stakeholders, including teachers, specialist practitioners, school leaders, researchers, as well as parents and carers be sharing creative inspiring ideas effective practice and things they've learned along their journey with that in mind please get in touch if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode or if you'd like to be involved in any way you can visit us at www.learningshared.org or tweet us at underscore learningshared. The Learning Share podcast is brought to you by Evidence for Learning and the EFL Send community. This is a growing community of teachers, practitioners, school leaders, researchers and academics that support children, young people and adults with special educational needs and disabilities, or indeed any form of additional learning needs. You can find out more about the EFL Send community and Evidence for Learning at www.evidenceforlearning.net. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this episode hosted by Professor Barry Carpenter introduces Alex Revens, who is the SLD lead practitioner at Belmont School in Harrow. During the episode, Alex provides a presentation and shares some video footage. If you're listening to the audio only version of the episode, there's a link to a video of Alex's presentation on the Learning Shared website at www.learningshared.org. And if you select episode 20, you'll be able to watch and listen to the slideshow. On the episode page, we've also included a copy of the paper written by Alex about his use of engagement, which he refers to during his conversation with Barry.
1: Welcome to the latest in the series from Learning Shared. This final podcast in the engagement series will feature Alex Rivens. Alex is based at Belmont School in the London Borough of Harrow. He is the SEN lead practitioner for the Stargazers SLD specialist provision at that school and also an SLE for autism. Alex has a long history of being involved in resource-based provisions and brings a particular insight and expertise uh, to our dialogue and discourse around provision for children with special educational needs in a variety of settings. So, Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me, Barry. Thank you. No, it's it's great. And yours will make uh, a wonderful addition to the very powerful podcasts I think we've already got, which I know you've had an opportunity to look at and I suppose I want to ask you the same question that I asked the panel that recorded a couple of the podcasts, which was when they looked at the piece that Bev Cobill and I recorded, the podcast on everything you need to know about engagement. What was the slide that impacted on you that
2: left an impression? What would you say, Alex? Absolutely, Barry. And firstly, the the podcast was a fantastic opportunity to really reflect on the impact engagement is having on our pupils at the moment and I think when I look at the work that we're doing with our pupils it's thinking about that 20th century pedagogy and there was a slide that you had all about that and about our new learners as you call them Mm. with our more complex needs and particularly that phrase the spiky profile and when we look at those children with a spiky profile, and particularly within mainstream resource provisions, they are the pupils that we are seeing. And they are pupils who we would not normally see within mainstream settings. So it's providing a whole new approach, which we are having to use. And it's that differentiation and personalization. and particularly at the moment in our current climate, the importance of finding a pathway that works for each specific child, and that phrase built on that bedrock of engagement. Engagement as a foundation by which we move towards creating a pathway or a learning experience by which that child will benefit and by which we can celebrate the achievements that that child is making. And I think that that really resonated with myself, because within our provision, within working with children with severe learning difficulties, we see these spiky profiles in our children's engagement profiles. And by blending our pedagogy, by looking at the differentiation we're putting in place and the intervention we're putting in place, but also thinking specifically for each learner, how can we personalise their experience so that they can engage in what we are trying to teach them and what we are trying to bring them into within their group. I think that that slide really resonated with me on that level.
1: That's fantastic. And uh, and again, I think that's Powerful in what you've said, because at the moment people are looking for what will the boundaries be to frame the uh, curriculum and its delivery to children in a, in a post-pandemic, which is hopefully where we're heading, era. And I, and I wonder if you have any thoughts particularly about the contribution that engagement in, in all of its manifestations can make to our children as they begin to
2: return to school after the lockdowns, etc.? Absolutely. And I think with the engagement model now coming in statutory in September, it's it's so pertinent within the time that we're in now, coming back, returning to school after long periods away from the classroom setting or in a very different classroom setting to what they're used to. Our children with SEND um, really need us to look more carefully at how they're engaged as they return, because we need to think really carefully about our curriculum that we're putting in place for our children and when our children returned last year thinking about our recovery curriculum after all of your work on the recovery curriculum thinking about those children who may have actually come back and we felt actually came back quite well yes and came back enjoying the routines but we once we looked then into engagement and how to look more closely at the different aspects particularly within the engagement profile we were noticing significant gaps in our children's learning behaviors and learning styles and that's why it's so important now to be looking at engagement as a way of really analyzing each learner's behavior as they're coming back particularly for our more complex needs learners or our learners with limited communication who we really need to think about what impact has this period had on them There is going to be a significant impact on these children probably for years to come it may not always be apparent to start with but through looking at the engagement profiles for these pupils looking more closely at all of their small small behaviors that we wouldn't notice maybe on the surface we can build more progress and better outcomes for the pupils as they recover following the Covid pandemic. I think you're absolutely
1: spot on there, Alex. I think you've expressed that beautifully. Um, the children have suffered much in this pandemic and really now's the time to reimagine how we serve their needs. But we need a, a tool in our toolkit that will illuminate those learning pathways um, with perhaps what we cannot see because of the pandemic experiences, those lockdown experiences. I think for lots of our children, it felt like they were locked in. Anyway, on that note, Alex, it's over to you and I'm going to invite you to make your presentation this
2: afternoon. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. And we're going, I'm going to talk through some of the work that we've been doing at Belmont School and looking at how we've been using Evidence for Learning as a fantastic tool to develop our conversation around engagement, which was a, an idea and a concept that we had followed Barry's work for, but really had only started implementing during this COVID pandemic as the children have been returning into school and this presentation will also follow the paper that i've written about how we've looked at engagement within our learners and how we've looked at the impact that using the engagement profile and the engagement model which will be statutory in september 2021 to develop our practice and our reflection when thinking about how we're working with our complex needs learners so firstly just a bit about our setting Um, which is a really interesting setting. We are a mainstream school in North London, a three form entry school. And I run the additionally resourced provision, Stargazers, which is for children with severe learning difficulties. And we have 12 children, all with an EHCP with a primary need of severe learning difficulties accessing our provision, but also accessing the mainstream provision alongside their work within the additionally resourced provision as well. And what we've noticed in our school is we've noticed a significant change in the cohorts coming in. We've noticed that the needs have been significantly higher than what we would have seen in mainstream in the past. And particularly, we're seeing more non-subject specific learners each year. We've had to think, how can we provide the best provision we possibly can for them and how do they fit in with our assessment systems? More importantly, should they be fitting in with our assessment systems? Should we be fitting them into a different Um, shaped whole or should we be thinking about a new approach and that brings us on to how we've been using the engagement model with our children but firstly I just want to reflect on where we were before we started implementing this language of engagement and this is just an example of an observation that we were doing um, about 18 months ago with one of our pupils and this is just one of our pupils I'm just going to play the video And this is just one of our pupils exploring a sensory texture. And what we were noticing when we were looking at these videos now compared to back then is how much did we miss when we were observing these pupils? If we look at our comments, our comments were very um, explanatory. They told us exactly what was happening within the video, but let's look a bit deeper is what we were saying to ourselves now. And that brought us on to thinking about engagement and Barry's work on the engagement profile and scale. And what we'd noticed is our observations were capturing what the child was learning, but they weren't showing us how they were participating. In addition to this, our next steps, were they impacting our practice? Were we thinking after the fact what the next steps were, and then monitoring that child's progression and seeing had they met our next steps for them? Have we implemented that in the next time we did that activity? Our observations have become a tick, uh, box ticking exercise. They were there to show what the child had done, but we wanted to look deeper. How could we develop the child's engagement in the learning? And then how would we know they were successful? and using evidence for learning, which has been a fantastic tool for us, how could we incorporate that in? Looking at engagement, but embedding that within the systems that we were already using. And we also had to consider the climate that we were in and reigniting that spark for learning that our children had before the COVID pandemic, in which they spent large periods of time away from the school setting and away from the classroom setting. So we had to really carefully plan their recovery. But within that, how did we consider how each child would come back into school? Did we think about their child's, each child's engagement? And then how did that learner present in their engagement profile? Which particular aspects of engagement did we need to work on to reignite that spark? How could we personalise each child's learning journey back into education so that we could really target that spiky profile that each of our children was showing? And that all led us to looking at this language of engagement. And this led to this change in the way that we observed, reflected on and implemented change. We recorded our observations on EFL as normal, but however, we changed the way in which we designed our observations. We focused more on the process and specifically on the characteristics and aspects of engagements. Initially, with the seven aspects, as stated in the engagement profile, then moving on to the five aspects, as shown in the Rochford review as well. Our staff were introduced to the language of engagement, which were then embedded into our observations. And it was really important that the way we did this was before we introduced the engagement model. What we didn't want to do is introduce another assessment system to our staff because that is not the way we wanted to present this idea of tracking engagement for our pupils. It was not going to become another list of things to tick to show a child's progress. It had to be ongoing. So what we did was we started filming in much greater detail. We filmed using different cameras and we would rewatch long periods rather than 30 seconds of video, some periods up to 10, 15 minutes. And what we realized is we were seeing a lot more than we were initially writing in our early observations when we started using evidence for learning. I designed an engagement template which would support our staff in writing their observations. And this template is shown here on the slide. What we did is we used that engagement language So there's no mention of any data drive or anything to do with numbers in how we discussed engagement we made sure that all of our observations were consistent so that all staff had that understanding and we were very fortunate to have every day after school times where the whole support staff came together and they would reflect themselves and this led us to think this could be a really powerful tool for us as practitioners, as well as for the children as learners. And this led to our engagement pilot, which is what I've written my paper about. We asked ourselves, what would the engagement model look like in our setting? And that really important question for us was, how could we ensure that it did not become a numbers game? How could we ensure that this didn't become another assessment system by which we were tracking progress numerically? This has to be something which we can learn more about our really unique learners that we have within our setting. How could we use evidence for learning to help us in creating these opportunities for staff by which we could implement that change? How could we look at those next steps more carefully, but look at it across the engagement path for each of our children? And what impact would that reflective process have on our staff practice? Would this improve the outcome for pupils? And how would it do so? And this slide just shows um, actually a diagram of the initial podcast, which Barry led, um, which I found really relevant to what we we were doing. And this is the process by which we moved our, learners towards engagement. So we had disengaged learners in what we were doing to start with, through that process of re-engagement, we looked at the interventions we were putting in place, we reflected on them, by which we then had a result of greater engagement across our pupils, but not across all of them and not for every week. Engagement is not a whole profile. We have to look at each different, um, different aspect carefully Our children will not make progress across all five aspects all the time and that is because of their spiky profiles and their unique learning behaviours. Our capturing process we did a four-week pilot study just to see the impact that the engagement model could have on our staff and our learners. We used the indicators and evidence for learning to capture engagement across all of our aspects and we made our baseline recording on week one and our baseline worked a bit differently in that we recorded The session which we wanted our pupils to engage in right at the start on the first time we gave them that experience with the minimal adult support that we could give them and we wanted to see how would our children react to what we'd planned for them and then we would replicate that activity each week at the same time but we would intervene in different specific ways for each learner we would implement change we would reflect on that ourselves, the staff, and we would see the impact that's having on our children. Our activity was a highly motivating activity for all the children, and it involved a shared interest because we actually did this study as a group, a group of five peoples And all of those children had that motivating um, reinforcer of water play. So we really looked at how we could use that in lots of different ways to create an attention style group. which we could really monitor that change and see if what we were doing was having an impact on our pupils engagement. And our results were that reflection across our staff was completely changing the way that we practiced. Each session we watched back in detail for each child and on these slides here you can see on the right hand side an example of the text that we would write on evidence for learning As part of our reflections. The longer video recordings created these amazing opportunities to reflect on how each pupil engaged at different times in the session and it showed us things that we would not have seen initially and didn't see at the time. An example of this is one child who became particularly disengaged at one point in the session. We were unsure on why but actually when we looked back at the video we realised that it was the pouring water part of the session. And I, the lead adult had said, we're going to do this one more time. And then we saw a complete change in his behaviour. Now, looking back on that and reflecting on that, we questioned whether he was unhappy at the idea that it was finishing. So for him, actually preparing him for the end of that activity made it incredibly challenging for him. So what we did... Is the following week, we changed it, and we said that we wouldn't give that warning, and we saw a change in that engagement behaviour, and we didn't see that disengagement at that point in the session, which was incredibly interesting for us as a staff team. These daily opportunities for reflection just led to greater reflection by all staff throughout the day. I was hearing the language of engagement throughout the day from all staff thinking about what they just recorded, what they'd just done with each people. And those reflections were written on the indicators tool and we could then refer back to them and make our future adaptations. And I put a quote here from my paper here about what assessment is to us. And that primary aim of assessment is to deliver a curriculum which is personalised and relevant as possible to the pupils involved. And the engagement model has encouraged our staff to think more creatively about how to enable children with SLD to access learning. And that's exactly what it did. And that's shown through the diagrams shown on this slide here, which show the progress. Whilst this progress is more important in its qualitative presentation, it's nice for us as teachers to see how the numbers are improving. And the spider webs feature on evidence for learning was a particularly um, resonant way of looking at how each learner had changed from week one, and this is week three here. And as you can see by the pictures as well, you can see a dramatic change in the children's learning behaviors for engagement from the first week to towards the end of the sessions. Evidence for learning also gave us a really powerful way of presenting our engagement data. It allowed us to look at each aspect more carefully. And as you can see by our data that's come out here, not every child made progress in each aspect of engagement throughout the pilot. And it changed each week. And that made us ask why. Why did that child not make that progress this week? Why did it take a dip from last week? What had changed? It wasn't about the numbers. It was about what we had done within that week to affect that child's engagement? What was the story of their learning behaviors during that session? And this has led to a change in the way that we observe. And this is reflected in this slide here, observing engagement now. And I'm just going to put the video on while I speak here. Our children are now being observed in a very different way, looking at those aspects of engagement for those children. This video showed a child who wouldn't have touched any messy play at all for more than, I think, his target at the moment was to experience messy play for five seconds on one hand. And for him, he's still not sure in this video, he's still not sure at all. But we are looking at that engagement and how we can work with him. So, for example, looking at how we're going to use gloves in the next session to help him tolerate that sensory texture. You'll notice in the comments of the observation, the language of engagement is used throughout. And that is just an example of the way in which our staff have really celebrated each child's engagement journeys. And how our staff have really embraced the language of engagement in creating more meaningful data and more meaningful um, reflections that we can take forward and we can share with parents as well. And our next step will be to look at that engagement journey at home and at school. We've also used the tag systems that we can tag different aspects of engagement so that we can really look carefully. If we're looking, for example, at persistence, we can then filter by just observations which demonstrated persistence. And we can look carefully at those during review meetings throughout the year. So looking at engagement for us at Belmont School, and I've used this term engagement as a bedrock as used by Barry in his first podcast. And I think that really sums up what engagement is to us within our provision. It is the foundation by which we plan, we review, we reflect, we implement and we change. We use the engagement model as an ongoing practice for reflective teaching and discussion. It does not centre for us around measuring progress in our pupils. It's much more than that. It's much greater than that. We use the engagement model to develop the personalization of our interventions, the strategies and the teaching, and this will consequentially lead to the improved pupil outcomes. The engagement for our pupils is not linear. And that pupil engagement is a direct result of our practice. If our pupils show lower engagement, we as practitioners must reflect on how we can improve the experience we provide. And that is something that as a team we've been working on since we introduced the engagement model. And once again, and I can't say this enough for us, that that the data that we produce using the scales, we study with caution because the power is in that reflection. The power is in the process by which we got to that engagement profile for that people. What did we do that created a more personalised pathway for each people as they enjoyed the experience that we were giving them? So for us as a setting, We know that there's more work to be done. We want to use our engagement model to develop our reflective practice. We've still got a way to go. We want to involve our parents in their child engagement journeys, looking at their engagement at home. As we all know, as practitioners in SEND, pupil behaviour at home and at school vary incredibly. And I'm sure that for our disengaged learners at school, there's a lot that we can learn from seeing their home experiences as well. We're encouraging our capturing of engagement at home through tags. So using the parent portal, our parents are already very familiar with how to use it, but we're doing some training with our parents about engagement, familiarizing with them with the language of engagement as we did our staff so that they can tag engagement aspects in their home observations as well. And we are a mainstream school. So we are also now looking at how that engagement model can be used within our mainstream classrooms as well as within our specialist provision. So that's just an overview of the engagement work that we've been doing. And thank you, Barry, for letting me present it. Well, thank you, Alex, because that was a beautifully articulated piece.
1: I I love to hear a practitioner talking with such reflection about their practice. And I have to tell you, the absolute highlight for me was that slide 14 with, with the child um, who, as you said, really uh, only touched perhaps for five seconds and had Mm -hmm. to have adult support to do that. Yeah. But, and this is, this is where evidence for the evidence for learning app is such a natural bedfellow for engagement. Because you have the video capture, we could see that he smiled. He almost shivered with joy. And for me, that was words that I've often used, but I always love to see them brought to life and have true meaning. Engagement in that moment, Alex, was the liberation of intrinsic motivation. He had achieved something he wanted to, but... Maybe because of the nature of his difficulties, couldn't have self-propelled himself to that that point, and it just happened. It was a magical moment, and the video captured it. If I'd have been handwriting the observations, which has been the thing for most of my career, um, I would never have captured that. I would never have captured that. So there was just such beauty, um, uh, and it's it is as also you've said the. The power is in the reflection because I've just fed back there and maybe when you and your colleagues looked at it, it, you you maybe have said different things, but this is where we can seek uh, validation that our children are learners and what evidence for learning does. It, it walks that learning pathway with them and documents it beautifully, but then it, at the point you need to press the button It captures that attainment and celebrates that achievement. For me, and again, you referred to the parent portal; um, that would be one to send home
2: on the parent portal. Absolutely, and we class those moments as moments of wonder. Absolutely, we call them absolutely, and that's that's within our vision for our provision. That's within what we call them to parents, and our parents send us in moments of wonder as well. And I think it's that that is what we couldn't capture before. And that's what evidence for learning has allowed us to do. And I think what you've so effectively done for us,
1: Alex, and this is going to be such a wonderful contribution to your fellow practitioners, is you have actually shown us how a statutory model, engagement model from this September can actually be this creative, can do all the things that we would want to do. You have made that process human in your practice and, and brought it alive. And there were some wonderful phrases that you used. I I loved the bit about reigniting the spark. Um, and that's going to be so important post-pandemic. The layers of trauma, of anxiety, that our children are going to be bringing back with them are actually going to take years to remove. Um, and, and the whole piece that you threaded through the language of engagement, Um, for me, it was like listening to a lot of my own words back. But with a refreshed language because you'd applied your perspective to them and increased my vocabulary even more. Um, and I thought I knew uh, engagement I- inside out. Um, this was such a joyous presentation based on high quality practice with the most rich insights from clearly a very dedicated practitioner supported by, I'm sure, a very, very talented team of people. And what a wonderful gifted education your children are going to receive as a result of that thank you for your time today Alex and for everything you've shared and for illuminating the joy of learning
2: for our children thank you Barry thank you
1: well everyone you've listened to another podcast in the evidence for learning series of learning shared um This is the final one in the series of podcasts we've been making about engagement to support everyone as they journey towards September. And I think with what Alex has shown us this afternoon, it's a destination point we cannot wait to achieve. We're grateful to Alan Wood for facilitating these opportunities, for editing the podcasts and for constantly being an advocate for our practice And for the wonderful achievements of our children and young people. You've been listening to Learning Shared, and I'm Barry Carpenter. Goodbye.
0: Thank you for listening. The homepage for the podcast is www.learningshared.org. Barry Carpenter's webpage is www.barrycarpentereducation.com and you can email us at learningshared at theteachcloud.net or tweet us at underscore learningshared. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please do get in touch with feedback if you'd like to either suggest a topic for a future episode or if you'd like to be involved in any way. Finally, you're welcome to join the conversation via one of our online communities of practice. We've got groups on Facebook and LinkedIn and details are on the learning shared web pages. So for now, thanks again for listening. Stay safe and